Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Well, that was a game. Uh, we are here after game two, the Calgary Flames falling to the Dallas Stars. one nothing is the final. So if you had Dallas plus one and a half, you are feeling quite good about things right now. Sports betting, it's on everyone's mind right now. And sports interaction is Canada's sports book. Before the game starts, live in play, or how your favorite player will perform, Canada plays at Sports Interaction, doing it right since 1997. With the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. That's sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 years or older, please play responsibly. I'm Peter Klein. He is Audie James. Um, Audie, I have a lot to say uh, about this one. So yeah. um, I, I will let you go first because I'm feeling particularly ranty right now. I just I think it's important to note too quickly. I, I hate correcting people, but I think it's important to note, especially if you did take Nashville plus one and a half, uh, that it was two nothing. Mm. Uh, well, I guess plus it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered because mm. they still won. But either way, it was two nothing. So yeah. Just, just to be that, that just adds a little more salt to the wound, and and the fact that we're we're very upset about this. Um, look, there's two people that should be happy tonight, or two groups of people. Mm-hmm. One should be uh, obviously the Dallas Stars, and the second one should be Sports Interaction for taking my money tonight. So you're <laughs> you're very welcome, uh, my bookie. Very very happy with me tonight. But there's yeah, it was that's kind of the best way to put it. It it was a game. It was uh, it was a hockey game that took place in Calgary during the playoffs, and uh, that's about as much as you can chalk it up to on Calgary side. Um, yeah, there was a lot of things that went wrong, and we'll get into it. I'm sure you and I we were going back and forth before we hopped on, and one of the things you asked was, "Okay, what are we gonna? What, is there anything you want to bring up?" And I'm like, "Well, there's a lot of things I want to bring up, but I'm fairly certain that we're gonna be bringing the same things up from a Calgary perspective tonight." So. Okay, so uh, this is where I get ranty. Um, A couple of things. First of all, yes, and I mean, just a quick aside. um, I had Rangers minus one and a half in that game that went three overtimes, and that's a nice little salt in the wound. Like, hey, this is six periods worth of you losing because you know they're not scoring two in overtime. Uh, So that's just a particular little ooh to the heart. (laughs) On the Flames front, I have been in some way, shape, or form um, covering, and I use the phrase, like I I use quotations around covering because I'm not a journalist or anything like that. But I have been in some way, shape, or form discussing Calgary Flames playoff hockey since 2014, uh, with a brief exception in 2019, where for the one series they were in, I was off sending ATVs off cliffs in in Mexico. So, but I just would love to cover one Flames playoff series that isn't the worst series of the first round. I would love for, oh, wow, this one's a real grind. And I would just love for a Flames playoff team to not be, oh, wow, the other team defended really well. Oh, well, get them next time. Because like at some point, you should be better than that. At some point, the seventh place team in the Western Conference just playing good shouldn't be enough to throw you so off kilter that you can't complete a pass or get any scoring chances until the third period. And... Uh, a lot of things went wrong for the Flames tonight. They did a lot of things wrong tonight, too. I don't think they did the things that you need to do to play winning hockey to help things not go wrong and maybe, maybe even have them go right at some point. So um, all the credit in the world to Jacob Markstrom. He played very, very well. I thought Michael Backlund played really, really well. And the rest of them played like a, a whole lot of words I can't say right now. So um, that's my initial that's... thought. 
I think that's the most frustrating part about it too, is the fact that it's, it wasn't, you know, you can't, I'm not chalking this one up to Dallas outplaying Calgary for a better chunk of this hockey game. You said it perfectly. They just did so many things wrong that you shouldn't be doing in the playoffs. You, you can't get away with in the playoffs. You talked about making passes. How many times tonight did you see a forced stretch pass that turned into a neutral zone turnover or a turnover at the other blue line or a failed exit out of the, uh, the defensive zone that turned into another turnover for them going the other way. So that was the biggest problem for me that I found is sure. Dallas won this hockey game to nothing, but it wasn't like Dallas really, they, I don't want to say they didn't earn it because mm-hmm. you always earn your wins, but uh, you look at a two nothing hockey game and, you know, you think that one team was definitely better than the other. I don't think that was the case tonight. I don't think that that Dallas was, you know, fantastic. The Flames just did a lot of things wrong that uh, cost them the, this one in the end. And it was yeah. uh, it was a frustrating one to watch from a fan's perspective. Uh, I could only imagine the people that analyze these games on a nightly basis, uh, how frustrating it must be for them, how frustrating it must be for Daryl Sutter or Jacob Markstrom, who, like you said, played a fantastic game, or Michael Backlund, who was actually my standout as well. Mm-hmm. Um, him and yeah, him and Jacob Markstrom played great, but everybody else kind of, I would also maybe throw Dylan Dubé in the mix. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think, I think he played himself a, a pretty solid game uh, for a, again, a two nothing game where, where they produced zero offense. Um, but still it's, this is not what I expected for this first round matchup. No. And that's, that, that is one of the bigger frustrations for me is that it's because to, to your point, I don't think it was a particularly awful game from the flames as ranty as I just was. I, I don't think that like, if we were judging this, like the, the, the other world that I, I like to dabble in sports wise, and that's the combat sports world. Um, mm-hmm. If we were judging this like a three round fight, the Calgary Flames win this two rounds to one. Like they they were the better team. It's just Dallas did the things that they needed to do to win a hockey game and the Flames did did none of those things. And the thing that I keep coming back to when watching this team in this game, but specifically this team for 10 years now, is that it shouldn't matter what Dallas does. Calgary is objectively the better team. The Dallas Stars have one forward line that does anything. Now, a few of their other forwards play better in this game, sure, but... The Flames, when they're at their best, can roll three defensive pairings that you're comfortable with and four forward lines that you are, to varying degrees, comfortable with. It They are so much better than Dallas on paper. It shouldn't matter what Dallas does. Oh, wow, the Stars have dragged them into a defensive battle. Should never be a sentence that said in this series, the Flames should be good enough and more talented enough and also hardworking enough. That's the Daryl Sutter way, right? Is that the no matter the talent level of the team, whatever, you know they are going to work hard. I'm sure they I, I'm I'm sure they tried to work hard in this game, but a, another team just playing hard shouldn't be enough to beat you. Calgary is so much better than Dallas. What the stars do shouldn't matter a lick in this series at all. And it controlled this entire game. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, too, about Dallas, like, I don't know about you, but I find they just play such a boring style of hockey, like <laughs> yeah. what the New York Islanders kind of were or kind of still are. Just it's just it's boring. I don't know. And I find that that's, you know, some people in, in, uh, in, in this market agree with, with that take. I'm, I won't name names, but I know one individual who you, you used to work with who shares that sentiment, but I feel like the flames, um, they stooped to that level. Uh If that makes sense, they, they, 
they matched Dallas's intensity, which wasn't really hard to match. <laughs> I think that's that's just you know no more no less. That's just kind of how it was. And and even you know I know they get a one nothing win, and, and we have a hard time c- kind of talking about uh, a one nothing hockey game a couple nights ago, and, and uh-huh. you know what what stood out to us and stuff like that. This one was quite the opposite is there was just so much standing out that went wrong. Um, it was a tough one. This was a, this was a tough, uh, a tough game to watch. I, I often found like, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had to make a coffee uh, about halfway through the second period here uh, just to stay awake and mm-hmm. be able to do this show because it was just like, nothing was engaging. The dome wasn't even that loud. I mean, there were stretches where, uh, the fans would get off or get off their seats and and you know start a go flames go champ but that was only after like a couple quick rushes it was quiet you you know you go around the rest of the league and you watch the rest of these games and and the arenas are buzzing but you know to be fair to these fans who've paid an arm and a leg to be there the product on the ice is nothing worth uh worth cheering about tonight so yeah. uh just a lot of things that went wrong a lot of things that you know hopefully they're going going to work on they they've they've split the series at home and now go back to Dallas so you know, less than ideal. I mean, I guess you have the one win in your back pocket, but uh, you know, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't really know what else to add to that point. It's just, it's, it's, it was just one of those games. Yeah, it really was. Like it's the the scoring line wasn't scoring, the checking lines weren't checking, and the energy lines weren't providing energy. Like that's that's basically where we were at. And yeah, I, I, we can get into adjustments to to make going into to game three. Um, I know you you have at least I believe I'm putting you on the spot now, and I feel bad about this. Uh, you, you have the chat going on. Are is our what I would suggest would be negativity uh, being matched in the chat, or do do they feel like we are out to lunch? And what we witnessed tonight was actually a spectacular performance in the sport of hockey. <laughs> no, quite the opposite. I think a lot of people are kind of uh, kind of on the same page as us. Uh, quick comment from Zach saying Sutter uh, better shape them up, which if we know anything about Daryl Sutter, I, I would think the anger and frustration that we show towards uh, this this contest tonight, multiply that by a bajillion. And you've probably got how frustrated he is and, and kind of how he wants to uh, get back into shape. Um, and let's see, uh, one more comment from Conrad asking, uh, Peter and Adi, do you see Rosie as in Ruzichka coming in for game three? Yes, 100% I do. 100% I do. That, that was going to be, um, and this kind of spins into the next one is like, what, what, what changes have to be made? Cause I think something does. And I don't, I don't think you like all of a sudden Johnny Gaudreau's on a line with Milan Lucic and you're just like, okay, let's go for it. But I do think like when you look at, when something like this happens, changes do need to be made. And there are guys who are close to that chopping block who I think get chopped. And in this case, if that fourth line isn't like we said, creating that energy and creating that spark that this team desperately needed for about 45 minutes, then I think you make a change to that. And so for me, um, it's Richie out and Rosicka in that, that is, that is at least one of the changes I would make probably probably the only one I would make, to be honest with you, but that's, that, that is what I would do. Is, is there something different you would do or are you in agreement with me there? No, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think that that's the minor adjustment you make, you know, you said you saw Dallas make a couple and I wish I had the tweets uh, in front of me right now. I can't exactly recall the line changes that they made, but they basically split a couple guys up and and Mm -hmm. kind of balanced out that top six. And, you know, not that they were scoring goals in bunches tonight, but 
you know, you make a small adjustment like that and you win it, you, you win a game. Maybe that's, you could chalk it up to that right? or whatever the case may be. I would agree with the Richie for Ruzicka. Uh, maybe one other name I could think about possibly swapping out would be Lewis. I don't think he's brought a whole lot to the table uh, mm-hmm. these past couple of games here. But that's you know that's not saying much because you know in 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 120 minutes of hockey they've been able to score one goal yeah. uh, against someone who has zero professional experience uh, in the playoffs. Um, so it's it's you know not saying a whole lot in uh, in that regard. I don't think Ryan Carpenter's the guy uh, that comes in. I, I would wholeheartedly agree that Ruzicka is is the one that comes in. But well, I don't know. We we'll see what happens. Daryl Sutter is a is probably the most mysterious man in the NHL when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, we won't know for uh, for a little bit. I'm, I'm sure if uh, if there are going to be any changes, so we'll see. But I would I would anticipate the same thing that you you uh, you mentioned there. The, the the most insightful thing I'm going to say tonight is the the adjustment for next game is play better. I don't care who's in there, just do it better than you did tonight. Um, but just to, to your Which point, it shouldn't be hard to do. Right? Yes, exactly. It yeah. shouldn't be hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the the adjustment that w- was made. Um, I, I'm not going to list off everything because we don't just need me re- reading the Dallas Stars lineup. But uh, they did have Ben Sagan and Nemestikov on the same line last game. They split up Ben and Sagan, so Ben was between Raffle and Gurionov and. Sagan was between Nemesnikov and Glenn Denning to start. And like we talk about adjustments, it is a, a much to my chagrin, very apparent that this series is going to be close. And mm-hmm. so if you can just make that little move either here or there that um, kind of puts you over the top, then that, I mean, like we've seen the difference. I know tonight was two nothing, but the difference in both of these games essentially has been one goal. If you can create half of an extra scoring chance off of switching things up, I think at this point you have to look at it because again, this series, it, it does feel like is going to be very, very close for no matter how long it lasts. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. And uh, I think another thing that it's going to come down to is it, it's it's going to be a coaching battle. Like mm-hmm. this is this is going to be um, a battle of the ages when it comes to uh, Rick Bonus and, and Daryl Sutter uh, out coaching one another. We would think obviously Daryl Sutter has that advantage. Uh, but, you know, crazier things have happened. They just they just won a hockey game and and. I don't think Sutter got out coached by any stretch. I think there were a lot of failures before it come back. It comes back to him, but I do think it's going to come down to a coaching battle as well. Um, I don't know. It's just this. There's. I, I, I don't want to sound like we're a Calgary fan. And you know, you and I talked about this. We're we're a flame show. And <laughs> right before we went on the air, you mentioned we've sit with it. It's been generally positive up until this point, but it's time. I think it's time for us to sound off and rightfully so it's, it's the worst time of the year to be playing this kind of hockey yeah. with so many, so many mistakes. How many times did we see? I know I said it before, but forced passes, stretch passes that just aren't working when Dallas knows how to defend those stretch passes, getting sticks in the lane or, you know, a break in the, in the offensive zone where they force a shot through, through a guy who's less than a foot in front of you or, mm-hmm. You know, not not getting any bodies in front of the net on on opportunity. It's just so many little things that that I noticed throughout this game that were just critical failures. Yeah, on a time the amount of shots that that Jake Ottinger was was able to see and square up to without any kind of uh, like minimal bodies in front. I, I can't even put it into words. <laughs> I'm just it's it's so many things, but like. The amount of rubber that he saw without any, uh, you know, hesitation or anything, it, it was it was just too. They made it too easy for him. 
They would get a quick shot in the bread basket and that was it. That's the thing that 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 phrase, not the bread basket, although good. Um, now I'm hungry, but it's it's too easy. Everything is too easy for Dallas. At least defensively, offensively, Dallas can't get a lick right now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a random deflection is basically all they've had in two games. Yeah, I, I will say it was a very good tip. That's, oh, yes. that's, that's vintage Pavelski right there. Yes, Pavelski, just the tip. Fantastic. But that's it. Um, it, it was it was excellent. But um, I. I, I just I hate how easy the Flames are making it on Dallas right now to defend them. And it's if if Dallas played like this offensively for Calgary, we would say, look at this great performance defensively for the Flames, because once again, everything's to the outside, right? Like it's long mm-hmm. shots. And like you said, it's shots just right into shin pads just because, well, I'm supposed to shoot it right now. So I'm going to shoot it right now. Um, right. And that that's just like that stuff can't be happening at this time. And I do I do feel a little bit I, I don't want to say bad. But um, I, I do feel a little bit, I guess, guilty that this Flames team is coming off of an amazing regular season, and now they've had two bad games, and it's, oh my god, the sky is falling. The problem is, it's looked like this in every postseason, basically, since 2004, right? Like, that's that's it. Aside from... I'm getting flashbacks, Peter. Right, right. Like, th- th- this looks like the Dallas series like before, them. the Colorado series before that, uh, th- what... I, chronologically, I'm thinking I'm out of order, but I think a couple Anaheim series, a Vancouver, yep. like it, it's all of it has looked the same aside from Kevin BX, chirping Michael Furland eight years ago. The, the, all of this just looks the exact same as it has every single time. And when the problems continue and for the most part, like some of the names change, but some of them don't. And the ones that are still around are still having the problems. And that's, that is the biggest frustration. Yeah, that's, and I think that's why I tried to stay so optimistic uh, well, maybe not that that's not the right word. Glass half full. I don't know, whatever you want to say, but like, uh, cautious optimism, uh, with, with how successful their regular season was and, and how much hype there was, you know, getting all this national attention and, and, and people at, at various outlets favoring them to go on a deep run. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, and a lot of flames fans kind of thought the same way as, as I did. And, and I'm not sure how, where you fell, but based on what you've said, I'm fairly certain it's, it's the same as, as the majority of us and saying that, you know, this is great, but when it matters, we need to, we need to see the same thing. So tonight was a glimpse in the wrong direction and kind of what we've come to expect up until this point. So it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how they respond to this. Yeah. um, What their answer is on the road in an arena that we know is going to be loud and, and they love their Dallas stars. It's going to be interesting to see kind of what, uh, what the adjustment is, not just on in terms of the lineup, but for those other, everybody pretty much who, who played in this, uh, in this hockey game and mm-hmm. to see what, uh, what they take from it and how they're going to choose to respond. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that the most, I think. Yeah. I, I do think the, the response now is going to be very interesting and that there is a player I want to focus on. And I think sometimes the criticism on this particular player is maybe a bit too harsh, but when you are mentioned in the category of people who could potentially getting $10 million next year, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to need a little bit more from you. Everything we have said about this Flames team tonight can be said about Johnny Gaudreau. Um, yes. And like there there were some fun rushes. The problem is as soon as someone gets in his way a little bit, it's just, oh, well, better luck next time. And it's just like it, it's as if he can't do anything the rest of the shift. And so I, I feel like much like Toronto is kind of looking for more from John Tavares. I think the Flames desperately need more from their best player in Johnny Gaudreau. And I guess that whole line, like I... I 
offensively, I didn't see a ton from that group all night. And I, I think if the Flames are going to do anything, it has to start with Gaudreau, Lindholm, and Kachuk. I 100% agree. And and it's giving what we've what we've come again, what we've come to expect from Gaudreau. Okay, a great regular season. And then mm-hmm. what? What you know, show us the same thing when it matters the most. It's it's giving flashbacks of of those uh those days, a 99 point season, and then getting booted by uh, the Colorado Avalanche. But to your point about the entire top line, it seems like they start on time these past couple of games, and then yeah. they just let their foot off the gas. A couple quick it, basically, we saw I think we saw an exact replica of that first game and that first shift as we did tonight in the sense that they get the puck deep into the offensive zone. Lindholm makes a couple big hits. Kachuk follows that up with another big hit. They get the puck back at, out to the neutral zone. Yeah. They go back the other way, throw a couple quick hits, and then they're on the bench. And then you never hear from them for the rest of this, uh, for the remainder of the 58 minutes at the that's left on the clock. So yeah, I want to see a big response from them. I think, I think they need to pers- personally just tone it back a little bit with the physicality because that's kind of not their game, if that makes sense. Maybe Kachuk, he's thrown his body around, but not so much this year. I think he's used it more to create space than to do anything else, but Mm -hmm. maybe tone it back because that's not really where they found success. I I just find that Lindholm is trying to do too much and and, and maybe putting himself slightly out of position. I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I agree. And I feel like a lot of times, especially in the playoffs, you'll have teams come in with the, you know what? We're going to be more physical. And it's kind of dog catches car where it's like, okay, well, now what do I do? Like, okay, we've crashed into him. There, there's a, like, it's like, be more physical, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit, you know? They haven't figured yeah. out question mark, question mark, question mark yet. And to be fair, like, a couple of players have. Like, Dylan Dubé, I thought, a couple of times, he goes in, crash, bing, bang, boom, he gets the puck, drives the net for a scoring opportunity. Like, that's, that's the next step. And... For a lot of players on the Flames, I feel like it's just being physical for physical sake, you know? Like, it's yeah. just, be okay, well, we've checked that box for being more physical. Why are we still losing? I don't know. We're physicaling, so what, what's what's left? I, I do think that there needs to be, like, physical with a purpose, let's say. And like you said, creating space and trying to create those opportunities. Sometimes being physical isn't go in and send Klingberg into the boards from eight feet out and then fight Raffle. Sometimes mm-hmm. being physical is instead of circling wide and cutting it back when you're on the rush, drive to the net, and instead of physical on the boards, physical in the slot, and either create a scoring opportunity or just create a bit of a scramble that creates a scoring opportunity. That that's that that's the physical that I want. I want the physical battles in front, not necessarily the ones on the wall. Those are gonna happen anywhere. That that people get hit on the boards in January on a Tuesday in Columbus. The playoff battles are the ones that are happening in front of the net where it sucks. I know it sucks. I mean, not I not personally, I've never played a playoff hockey game in my life, but I I, I have a pretty good understanding that that would not be a fun place to be. But if you want to be hoisting that fun silver trophy at the end and get your knave carved into it, that's the stuff you got to do. Get to those dangerous areas. That's the type of physicality I want to see. Absolutely. And, and you know, maybe by doing that too, especially driving the net, force them to make a mistake and and take a penalty if, if you're not yeah. successful on your rush or whatever. And that's another thing too is, is, Take advantage, especially in such a tight game. I found that the Flames, like Dallas, we, we've we've covered this. Dallas was far from playing a perfect hockey game tonight, mm-hmm. and the Flames did nothing to capitalize on the mistakes that they've made. And they made a few. You know how many? We saw a few odd man rushes going back the other way, where Dallas was caught on either a change or too many guys deep, and then the you know the the Flames are able to get the puck out, and one of their three great chances of the games or of the game uh, ends up on the stick of Backland and six feet over the net or 
maybe I was make, mixing that up. I think that might have been actually Toffoli. But either way, um, you got to take advantage of those those opportunities. And and the Flames did nothing to capitalize on any of the mistakes. And, and Dallas, like I said, made made quite a few of them tonight. They were far from perfect. Um, they didn't do much to capitalize or, or create any chances from that. Uh, but before we get off the negative train, uh, is there anything else from the uh, the, the chat that has uh, that stood out again? I feel bad oh, I'm putting you on the see. spot like this. No, don't be, don't be. I'll I'll just quickly read through uh, a few things here. Um, Gaudreau makes the Flames too much money to get rid of him. There's one comment there from uh, Kyle. I don't know if it, if that's exactly how it works, <laughs> but uh, if that, yeah, he does make them probably a good amount of money, and he's going to make that himself as well. Uh, I expected more goals, so did I, and I'm sure Peter, you feel the same. Well, I hope you didn't expect um, less because we're we're like bordering on you couldn't have. Uh, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, I guess so. After <laughs> no, the I first game and and it being a one nothing game, at this point, I think we can expect it to be. You know, we're not expecting many goals at all after these yeah. uh, these first two no, contests. It, it has this series has looked nothing like I thought it would so far. Like literally the exact opposite. A lot of good Toffoli talk in the uh, mm. in the chat here, which maybe sparks a bit of a question that I might have for you. Okay. Um, so just a couple of the comments here. Jeff says Toffoli did seem off his game, not very competitive. Uh, Susie again echoing that, saying I love Toffoli, but he's gone down a lot, and. That's kind of where I want to lead with this question for you is, do you think that there's something wrong? Because in the last little bit of the season and kind of these first couple of games, he just doesn't seem to be the same as, you know, when we, when, when the flames first acquired him and that could have been the honeymoon phase and, and the big, uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli's a Calgary flame. But do you think that the, it, this seems uncharacteristic? Of yeah. Tyler Toffoli. Do you think that there might be something that maybe he's playing through? Could be. Yeah, it, it, it certainly would explain a lot, right? Because like you said, he, he has not necessarily played very well. And this was the time that you acquired him for, right? Like right. You, you acquired him because he has the experience in these big games. And we talked about it. Um, he has the experience in these big games um, to, to go out and, and get the job done. So I I am. I am surprised that we have seen this so far from, from Tyler Toffoli. And I, I do wonder if there maybe is something wrong there. Yeah, it's... It's frustrating, not not from a like I'm frustrated at him. I, I feel frustrated for him because I feel like he's probably he I'm sure he recognizes that his game is not exactly where he's used to it being or where it should normally be, especially like you mentioned this time of year. This guy's a winner. He's been here before. Uh, well, he was there last year. He's he's probably the most, uh, uh, you know, relied upon person when it comes to being there he's he's mm-hmm. he was there last year is what i'm trying to get at as i ramble over my words but um it's got to be frustrating for him especially you know if if there is something if there is an injury and guys want to battle these how many times do we hear at the end of a series you know patrice bergeron played with a punctured lung two broken ribs uh half the leg and his muscle gone and 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 you know, the, the common cold, yeah. right? The, these guys battle and they play through everything. So it's, it's got to be frustrating for him. I feel for the guy and I hope that uh, he can, he can either, you know, rest up what, what he's, whatever his ailments are. And if that's what the, you know, the role that we see him in now is him taking a lesser role and, and resting that up a bit, or I just hope he kind of finds his game. Well, and that's the, the frustrating part about now is it's every other day now. Right. And this is another reason why it's so 
gosh darn frustrating. Um, I apologize for the language <laughs> that the the flames are are struggling. You in watch this your way. mouth. Yeah, sorry. Um, it would be great if you could just put Dallas away in five, and then you get like a week off, you know, or at least a few days to rest up for some bumps and bruises and get ready for the the rest of the way. Um, I, I think that would be a huge advantage. And another reason why, if this whole thing is just playing with your food, to stop it because it's getting very old, very very quick. Um, and I, I think Calgary needs to to kind of course correct there. Um, just quickly, but before we we put a bow on this one. There, it wasn't all bad. I do want to shine a, no. a light on a couple of guys who um, maybe aren't as deserving of um, us throwing the table around and stuff like that. Uh, I thought Markstrom was excellent, and I thought Backlund was excellent in this game. I thought Backlund was their best skater by a ton. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think Markstrom had some like really high, high level moments as well. Um, so I, I guess, first of all, did you see it that way? And secondly, anyone else you want to give a, a stick tap to about, Hey, maybe they don't deserve to be lumped in with the rest of them. I can't tell if I lost you or not. I don't know you if I lost me. you or if you lost me. Um, it is oh, either way, I, I, I've, I've picked, I've picked you back up. Okay. I'm not sure. I, I, I get what you were trying to say. Um, I do see it the same way that you saw it. I think that uh, Michael Backlund was, and, and funny enough, I know we, I, I kind of brought this up already. Uh, Michael Backlund was the name that I had circled on my uh, imaginary game sheet as, as the player who stood out the most to me. Um, the, he put a name, his name on that puck. He, he didn't want to, uh, to get rid of it when he did have it. And he did create a couple chances. Um, so I think that he was probably the best skater uh, a close second would be uh, would be Dylan Dubé, who mm. we touched about a little bit uh, earlier in in the program. Um, like you said, he just he created some offense. He kind of he always seemed to know where he wanted to go with the puck or with the play, which not everybody seemed to uh, kind of be on the same page as there. So I think in addition to Markstrom, I would give the honors to uh, to Backlund and uh, and and Dubé. Yeah, I, I think that that is, um, I think that that's very, very fair. Um, I also think like Hannafin had the giveaway. I don't think that was entirely his fault. Um, everyone just kind of abandoned him at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought he did play pretty, pretty well. On the Dallas side, um, like admittedly, no one stood out to me. Uh, uh, Andre's playing amazingly. Uh, he Andre's is. Oh, yeah. So well. Yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would say he's, he's been their best player. Uh, through the first two games, for sure, I think I think Raffle is is kind of slowly uh, becoming one of those guys for me as well, who's who's standing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe not lighting up the score sheet, but just doing a lot of little things, creating space. He, he knows when to when to when to lay a hit properly and 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 not exactly take himself completely out of the play. So, I think he he stood out to me the first couple of games so far as well, and. Pavelski has has just kind of been always in the right place at the right time. I found as well as well, yeah. and he gets credited with a, with a nice little goal there tonight as well. So I think uh, I would I would add him to the list for Dallas. So as we get ready now for for game three, it is heading back to Dallas. Um, I don't want to hear that boom boom Dallas boom stars mm. goal song more than I Neither have do to. I. Um, so adjustment wise from the Flames, we already kind of talked about um, some of the, the the line changes we would make. Uh, anything else you would like to see the flame aside from just play better? Um, anything specifically you'd like to see the flames adjust going into the third game of this series? I, 
think they got to set the tone, but I don't think that means they have to set the tone physically. I think they need to set the tone um, in, in the sense that they need to just go back to what has worked all year. And that's just, you know, sharp, crisp passes and good neutral zone play and, and transition game is on point. Uh, getting bodies to the net, driving mm-hmm. the net, creating good chances. Uh, just go back to the basics on what worked this year and set the tone that way. I don't think it has to be a big hit in the first two minutes of the game to set the tone in that regard. You can set the tone in a different manner, and I think that's the best way the Flames can do it. So yeah, uh, if they are able to do that, I think it changes the dynamic of this whole series. Yeah, set the tone with like 10 of the first 12 shots. You know, like right. have it be, wow, Calgary is in complete control of this game. The shots are 13 to 4, and the, the Flames like it's are just been all year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's do, been like that all year. Do what's worked. You know, like exactly. we're not we're not asking a team to be an entirely different version of themselves. You know, we're not asking the Oilers to all of a sudden lock it down defensively or for Mike right. Smith to just never play the puck. Don't know why I felt like taking a shot at Edmonton there, but we're not asking low blow, low blow coming off a shutout. But that's OK. I'll yeah. accept it. Um, we're not asking this team to do something that's out of their DNA. We're just looking that just everyone play to your hockey DB page and we'll be fine. Right now, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And it's just. It's it's such a it seems like vocal like putting it into words it seems like such a simple adjustment but I guess time will tell we'll have to wait and see anything else from the chat before we uh, before we head out of here today uh, a couple of quick uh, well some people headed to bed and I don't blame you it is no. uh, <laughs> it is late but it is Robert, late and that game would have put you to sleep that's oh, yeah exactly Robert pointing out that uh, Toffoli did miss some time with Montreal um, uh, missed eight weeks this year with hand surgery mm. so. And, you know, that's food for thought to, to um, you know, maybe why he's, he could have been a re-agitated injury there. So um, we'll, we'll see another quick one there. Adjust to the trap. Uh, I don't know if Dallas is playing too much of a trap or if, or if the Flames just played a really piss poor neutral zone game. Um, I think it was less of a trap mm-hmm. and more just, just, just trying to force it. Um, and then another one, don't take stupid penalties 10 minutes into the game. Uh, and someone else saying, hate the NHL making our games at eight. Well, the good thing about our games being at eight is that we get to watch every single game starting at five o'clock yeah. and you're done by 1030. So people in the Eastern uh, time zone uh, are probably shaking their fists at you for that one. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Those like the, these 10 o'clock starts Eastern time. That's 10 o'clock out there. It's really late. And um, shout out to shout out to Robert. He like, oh, yeah. Being in the chats and modding and. And uh, and always being on it, sending us tweets about uh, the Defoli injury. It is one uh, thirty a.m. in Ontario, so yeah. uh, I hope you get some sleep after this. That's yes. all I'm going to say. Um, Audie, where can people find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter at Audie James and on Instagram at Audie James underscore. Uh, I am Twitter and Instagram at Primetime Klein. Also, twitch.tv slash Primetime PK. I do some uh, all time flame stuff over there. Uh, Audie, I understand uh, you are off on Saturday. Um, yes, so I will not be. You're gonna, I know you're going to man the show perfectly, though. You have before. <laughs> well, we'll see. We can put my frozen face up beside you if you want to feel a little bit more at home. I think that'll help the ratings. Yeah. Um, Perfect. But uh, yes, we will put a bow on this one. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, I will talk to you all this